0: With the new year coming with the first of the first of 2020 coming up. The first of the I, I can't even believe that date. That date just boggles my mind that we're entering 2020. Um, I, like, I like sci-fi and that sounds like a, a, a date from a sci-fi novel the year 2020. Anyway, Wednesday'll be the first of the first of 2020. <clears throat> so I thought we'd do something a little bit different and I do want you to help contribute besides just reading the verse. I'll, when I get to you, I'll have you, whoever has the verse to read it. Um, we 'll kind of talk through it, do a little bit of a Bible study, and so please give me some input um, as we go through it. i don 't want to be standing here doing all the teaching on the verses, so i 'll ask you some questions it 's one verse at a time, so we ought to be able to dissect the verse pretty easily. Not a massive passage, one verse, and we ought to be able to get some pretty easy questions out of that. So have your Bibles up there ready, or your phones or your tablets. Or whatever else you do to access the Word of God, you have them at the ready um, as we begin this study on the one ones of the Scripture. Um, Anyway, all right. let's begin. Let's pray and we'll begin um, our little study here this morning. Father, we thank you for our chance to be here today. Lord, I pray that you would bless our time together. A little bit of a different approach to studying the Scriptures today. I pray that you might bless it. Lord, that you might be honored through it. And we might learn some things to apply in our lives from these, um, these, this handful of verses from scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I did this partly, I got the idea because I'm a big podcast fan. <clears throat> and at the end of the year, if, if you, if you, if you're a podcast fan, at the end of the year, the podcast will often do like a whole bunch of mini stories. Kind of like shotgun. Boom, 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 boom. And I thought that's a great idea to kind of summarize, to get a lot across in a few minutes. So I thought we'd start, and we'd do the same thing with Scripture. So the first 1-1 is Genesis 1-1. William? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay. Uh, can you read verse 2? The earth was with out from the fire and void. The And darkness was on the face of of oh, uh, the Spirit of God was hovering um, over the face of the wilderness. Great job, Bud. All right, so we start obviously at the very beginning, Genesis one one, and Genesis one one. I well, you know one of the things I, I took theology. One of the things that we're blessed by is the fact that the Bible never debates the existence of God. It's just, he's there. It's funny that the very first word in, used in Scripture is the word God. Well, not in mean the first time that his name pops up in the very, very first verse. And it says that, what does it say? How long has God been here? From, sorry? From the beginning. From the beginning. All right. And even that, in the beginning, he was already there. That is way outside my concept of time. I like reading time travel books. But this is way beyond my ability to understand. In the very beginning, God was there. God transcends time; He's always been there. Uh, Jesus is referred to the same way. As we're later on in the New Testament. It talks about Jesus being with the Father from the very beginning. And I think somebody's got that verse coming up here in a few minutes. And what that tells us is is that what, one of the greatest restrictions that you and I have on understanding problems that we're facing is that we are totally time bound I cannot see and you cannot see what tomorrow brings we can read all the books we want to read but we have not experienced everything God exists and this I don't want to get too theological here but God exists outside of time God lives out here, and time takes place down here. Uh, And when God said, "God," so, so when it says in the beginning, God was already there, and God acted. So, from the very first thing we read about in Scripture is the fact that God did what? God created the heavens and the earth. Why do you think it's so important important that Christians accept the fact that God made everything? Why is this whole idea of creation as opposed to evolution so important? Is it a trivial matter? You ever think about that before? I'm a creationist. I believe God created, like he says, God created the heavens and the earth. Alright, let's, let's take it a step further. If we can be taught to disbelieve creation, that gives us no God... And if there's no God, there's no accountability. Make sense? If there's no God, there's nobody to answer to. So why do you think the world has spent the last 170 or so years trying to disprove the existence of God? Because man wants to do what he wants to do. He does not want to be regulated. And if we can if we can take God out of the beginning, then God has taken out... Of today, And if God is taken out of today, then we can live the way we want to live. But God was there from the very start. Uh, the scriptures talk a lot about talking to older people or people who have experienced things. But the word of God teaches us that God in the very beginning was already there. And the whole context of scripture begins with the idea of, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, wonderful. As we go into the new year, 2020... Uh, we have to, to we have to trust that God is the one who created everything, and then Malachi three six is the verse that picks up on this. I am the Lord; I change not. If God was there at the beginning to create the heavens and the earth, and we jump to Malachi that says, "I am the Lord; I change not." Is there anything? If God could say, "Let there be light," and there was light. Is there anything too hard for God to do for you and me today? Anything too hard for God? Can anybody say, let there be light and there's light, and let there be the heavens be divided from the firmament and all that kind of stuff? No, God can do that. His power hasn't changed a bit. And I need to keep that in my mind in the, in the year to come, because sometimes it just seems like our situation is impossible. It's just too hard but we need to remember that God created the heaven and the earth and his power hasn't changed. Alright, the next verse is Job 1-1. Who's got Job 1-1? Um, there was a man in the city of Uz whose name was Job. And the man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and evil or um, shunned evil. Okay, perfect. Job 1-1. If you look there with me please. There's uh, four major things. There's uh, that, that we learn about Job and things that we should take as an example to ourselves I love the book of Job I spent most of my life totally confused by the book of Job um, and Mary said that was the when, when you had when she you had scarlet fever right and somebody yes. said read scripture her mom read the book of Job to her the whole time and, and I just didn't get it for a long long time You know when you get Job? You get Job when you have some trials in your life. When you have some testing in your life when you get Job. But there's four character traits about Job. Can anybody pick out either all four or just give me one of the four character traits about Job in Job 1.1? Come on, help me. You have one, Hud? In Job 1.1, there's four things said about Job. Job was this. What was he? Come on, give me the first one. He was blameless. blameless. Alright, what's the second one? He was upright. What else? What He feared God. Good man. And what else? What's the last one? Come on. He hated evil. He shunned evil. Okay, I know these are obvious But I want to get you folks involved. I get, every week I'm up here saying everything. So you can help me say a few things on this last Sunday of the year. He was perfect or he was upright. He was um, very, so the first thing he says was he was blameless. Um, The old King James says perfect here. uh, Because the word perfect didn't have the exact same meaning. And these are four challenges that we can take to heart today. These are four things that we can apply and we can pray that God would help us to do in the year to come. First thing he did, the Bible says he was blameless. And what that word means, um, the same thing the word perfect means, the word perfect means mature. He wasn't sinless, but he was the kind of man that, that I love. The, I like the Greek word better, because the Greek word that's for this is a man or somebody who doesn't have anything you can point a finger at and say he is that kind of person. All right? Kind of like when he had something wrong, he admitted it. He admitted he straightened himself out good. Yeah. Exactly right. Uh, or and he he took care of those issues. It's also the kind of thing is the difference there's a difference between between somebody said you told a lie and you are a liar. Do you see the difference there? A liar is a mark of your character. You, um, you, uh, you got angry, or you're an angry man. Job, when it says that he was blameless, there was nothing they could put their finger on and say he was that kind of man. Obviously not, not totally perfect, because we see throughout the book, he, he gets the point where he's doubting God. But he was blameless. And, and can, that, that ought to be a goal that we as Christians strive for. You say, Roger, that's impossible. I can't be the kind of person who's blameless. Job was just like us. He was just like you and me. No different. He lived probably, this is probably the earliest book that was ever written in the Bible. He lived thousands of years ago and he's going to go through some troubles. But in all of his troubles, the Bible says he never blamed God. What's the second character trait there? He's blameless. He's, let me pull it over here upright. What do you think upright means? That's a really, really hard word. He stood upright and he did the right things. He was a man who did right. And that ought to, another character trait that we as Christians ought to have is that we are upright. It says he feared God. And we've talked about fearing God before. Fearing God doesn't mean that I'm, a scared, I'm scared to death of God. It means that we realize the power that God has. And the power that God has impacts our lives. Then the Bible says that Job hated evil. He departed evil. He shunned evil. And we see, as you read through the rest of the book of Job, you know what happens in Job. He loses everything. Literally everything. He's put to the test, and God allows him to be tested. He loses his family, and his crops, and his house, and everything he's got. Um, His wife even tells him to curse God and die. So Job knew the reality of testing. And yet the Bible says he was he was blameless. He was upright. He feared God. He stood in respect of God. And he shunned. He refused to do evil. The character traits that we ought to be looking at in the year to come. We ought to say, am I that kind of man or that kind of woman? Have I been that kind of man or that kind of woman in the year that's just passed? All right, next one. I said it was going to be kind of shotgun style. Who's got Psalm 1-1? Blessed is the man who walks not of the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits and stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scorn. Okay. He tells us that we find God's blessing, and we can look for God's blessing, if there's certain things that we do and we don't do. Um, The first thing he says, Blessed is the man um, that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Sometimes we read Bible words and we read them over and over and over again and don't even think about what they say. What do you think it means to not not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly? How do we put that in language that you and I can understand today? He doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And ideas? He, he doesn't take on the worldview of the world. He doesn't listen to the advice of evil people. He doesn't, take, um, he doesn't take that counsel into his life. He seeks godly counsel. Um, so blessed he doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, doesn't stand in the way of sinners, doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Now we obviously, we, are, we, we have to live in the real world. Every one of us will be out in the real world this week. We'll be facing sinful, sinful people who are, are, are thriving and going on their sin. But the Bible says that the man who is going to be blessed is somebody who does not take their stand with the wicked. Does not take their stand for the sinful. They take, we take our stand with righteousness and with the Word of God. And the last thing there is, he doesn't, um, doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Not somebody who's constantly casting ridicule. Um, so much, I mean, we, we could preach a whole thing on Psalm 1. Um, but let's look at next, let's look, uh, who has John 1.1? Okay. If there was. Oh, you have who has first, John? Who has with John? Sorry, first John. Is it first John? I'm looking for I'm looking for John, not first John. First John. That's in the first, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word Word was with God, and the Word was God. That goes back to the Genesis verse. That tells us that Jesus. If you read the whole book of whole chapter of, of John chapter one, tells us that the entire at the very beginning, Jesus was there. And the truth is, is that Jesus was with God, and it says the Word was God. And we just came through Christmas, and we celebrated the incarnation of God <laughs> on Earth. The, the, this is the key verse that tells us that about the deity of Christ a lot of people in this world most people in fact are going to accept that a man a jew named jesus walked the face of the earth almost nobody's going to deny that he's looked at it like any other historical figure he's called a great he's called a great person in history who did great teaching and he was a great teacher and and all that almost nobody will deny the fact that he lived Some people even say that they believe in what he taught. And that's a good thing to do. But when we come down to saying that he was God himself, that's where the difference comes. That Jesus is actually God in the flesh. And that's what John tells us here in John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's clear that I'm... the word was made flesh. To, we read, over the Christmas, we heard songs about it: um, "Emmanuel, God with us." And the Jesus—if you're a Christian—the Jesus that you've accepted into your heart is God Himself, and God dwells with us every, every single day. Folks, we have—we—we are—I think we're missing the boat every time I come to, 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 to a, turning to opening a new journal and get ready for my devotion to the new journal, I stop and reflect on what have I done for God in the year that's gone by. Have I reflected Jesus Christ? God dwells in us. We need to make sure that as we go through this next year, most people are never, unless the Holy Spirit does a great work and jumps into somebody's heart and wakes you up, most people are not going to sit down and check out the Word of God just out of curiosity. It does happen. Doesn't it? Sometimes people just, the Holy Spirit works on their heart, they get interested in the Bible and start reading it. But most people are not going to pick up God's Word and read it. They don't know where to look. They don't know where to start. They feel overwhelmed. They're all experts on it, but nobody knows where to start. So when people look at us, how do they? How are they going, how do people see God? How are, we going to, how, how are people going to see, how are people in Nace going to see God in the year to come. It's a tough challenge. Where are they going to see God? In us. As you go to work, as you go to school, as you're driving down the road, as you're dealing with neighbors, as you're involved in meetings and parent-teacher councils and all those kind of things, that's how people are going to see the reality of God. They see God through us because Jesus is living in in us. All right. Uh, one Timothy one one. Who's got it? Oh, okay, Chase got it. All the apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. Okay. Key thing there. We talked about hope. Christmas Day, was it? We talked about hope. So we don't need to rehash that a whole lot. We talked about hope on Christmas Day. Hope is a certainty for the future. Okay, let me, let's just do, let's do it this way. What are some things? And let's leave this. Let's leave the things. The, 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 the trying to be super spiritual. What are what are some things that you guys hope will happen in 2020? What do you hope? What do you hope happens, Will? I'll go to think of bodies. You're gonna go where? 50 parties. 50 parties? That would be a wild year. I hope your mom doesn't think she's going to go to 50 parties in twenty. Take you to 50 parties in 2020. That's a party a week. At least you're honest. Fair play to you being honest. What are some other things you're hoping for in 2020? What are the things you'd like to see in 2020? What did you hope for? Anybody hoping for a better job? Anybody hoping for some more money? He hopes he doesn't die. He hopes he doesn't die? Fair enough. Um, Anybody hoping for a new car? All kinds of hopes that are out there. But we have a settled hope in Jesus Christ for the year to come. I would love for 2020 to be a great year where everything goes well. Wouldn't it be nice where nobody got sick? job, Maybe you got a promotion at work. Maybe um, you got a new car or, um, I don't know, maybe you got to buy a house. Maybe your house will get bought, finally, <laughs> in 2020, hoping for the 24th of January. All right, all those are great hopes. Hope we don't get sick, hope nobody in my family dies. I hope I stay well, I hope my heart keeps ticking and all those kind of things keep happening. But you know what the reality is? That's not the way it always works. I remember back in 2009, 10 years ago, um, I, I, I don't use this word very often, and Matt used it about this time of year, the last service of 2009, 10 years ago. Matt said, I have to be honest with you, 2009 really sucked. And it did. It wasn't the year he wanted it to happen. They had. They got kicked out of Northern Ireland because of visa restrictions. Michelle lost a baby, and then Michelle got cancer. Um, sometimes that's the kind of year we have. Isn't that true? Sometimes you get heartbreaking news. The economy might collapse. You say the economy is not going to collapse this year. It's booming. Everything's great, and the man, There's everybody. There's, everybody's got jobs. It's a great economy. Everything is fantastic. So that's, but you know what? It could happen overnight. But the truth is, we have the hope that Jesus Christ is coming back. But even, even if he doesn't come back, he's the only hope in which we can place our confidence in the year to come. He is the hope that can't be shaken. You may be looking at 2020 and looking down the road and saying this could happen, that could happen. But we have our hope in Jesus Christ in the year to come. All right, how about um Titus 1 1. Who has Titus 1 1? Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that is forgiveness. Very good. Excellent. Brand new English speaker. Way to go. All right. Uh, got the, the key word here is the word truth. And according to that verse, what is truth based on? What is real truth based on according to that verse? Can you find it? I think it's towards the end of the verse. Anybody? The acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. godliness. Thank you. Goodness, you folks are stubborn. All you got to do is read out a word. <laughs> You're not going to be embarrassed. I get I have to talk all the time and I embarrass myself all the time preaching. So it just takes godliness. Real truth is based on godliness. And that's so the, the point the point of that is is that God's truth is the truth. That's the only truth we need. Everything else is going to let us down. Everything else is going to fail us. But God's truth is truth. We strive after godly truth. all right a couple more here. Uh, two Peter one one of Peter, I ab aboliment aboliment meant apostles of Jesus Christ to to those who have at times like Pussios Fate with the asked by the right right on this of our God and His Savior, Jesus All right, another, four, another English as a second language reader. Fantastic. That's one last thing about our church. It's a great picture of heaven, isn't it? Every tongue and nation and everybody gathered together, and we thank God for, for that. Um, but the, the key word here is this is more about Christ, <laughs> that we obtain our righteousness through our faith in Jesus Christ. I can't be righteous on my own. You ever tried to be righteous on your own? Anybody ever tried to be righteous even for a whole day? Anybody succeeded in living a righteous life for a whole day? How about a morning? You know what? We're declared righteous in Christ, but we're not going to be able to act righteous without Him are called on to be righteous in this and do righteous in that and all those kind of things but our righteousness is only built based on Christ the Bible says there is no one righteous no not one And there may be some folks even in this room today who think that you're doing good enough for God yeah I do okay I've never killed anybody and I've never committed adultery and I've never done this or done that so I'm probably going to be okay but the Bible says we have to be righteous, and righteousness is perfection, and only Jesus Christ can do that. So, those who have maybe never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, we may pray that 2020 is the year that you find your righteousness in Christ. All right, we'll speed along here 1 John 1 1 or 1 John 1 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. I love that verse. First Bible study I ever taught after I got saved was on 1 John. And that's been 40 some years ago since my first Bible study. And that that's always been precious. I love this because I love the humanity of Christ that's talked about here. And yeah, Jesus is God. He, he was deity. But he was also a man like you and me. I, I love the picture. Of the um, When John writes this, he says, we've heard him. We have seen him with our eyes. we've looked upon him and we've even touched Jesus. We've t- and he was there from the beginning. These guys could evidence the fact that they had experienced Christ, the one who was there at the beginning, the creator of the universe. And we could the writer of Hebrews says that we don't have a God who we don't have a high priest who cannot be touched with the problems we face because Jesus was man. Because he was man, we can comprehend that he knows what we're going through. Jesus sweated, he got dirty, his, he got tired of walking, he got frustrated with people. All those things happened in Jesus' life because he was a man like you and me. And that wonderful unity of being God and man at the same time means he understands what you're going through. Whatever struggle you're facing today, whatever success you're going through, Jesus understands. We can be blessed by the knowledge uh, from, John, from 1 John 1.1. 1, 1. Um, how about Jude one one, And I think we'll finish here. Jude one one. Ash? Jude, uh, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to those who are called sanctified by God the Father, <coughs> preserved in Jesus Christ. Okay, three things there. Please... All right, somebody tell me the 3 things that Jesus has done for us in that verse. <coughs> and if one of team Timothy does it, I'll get you a milkshake at Mc- when we go to McDonald's. Next, this week hopefully. 3 things, you got to get all 3. Go ahead, called Called, sanctified, and preserved. Ding, ding, ding. Well, that doesn't mean you won't get something special. Well, we thought you were going to call one. <laughs> oh no, I wanted all three at once. That's okay. Oh, don't well, you? Well, you're gonna. Have, we'll have a good time anyway. All right. So, if I bought everybody a milkshake, would you answer more questions? Okay, huh? All right. <laughs> or a cup of coffee or something. He was. We are sanctified. We're set apart to holiness. We're preserved in Jesus Christ and we're called to live holy lives. That's what 2020 should be all about. Sanctified, living set apart from the world, we're preserved, we're kept safe in Him and we're called to live holy lives in Christ. And last one, Revelation 1 we 1. We're going to go ahead and finish. Revelation 1 1. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave Him to show His servants what must soon take place. Okay? Re- revelation 1 talks about all of the prophecies of the future. And the thing to close with today is that he's talking about the coming of Jesus. And 2020, if we make it to 2020, could very well be the day that we see Jesus come back for us. As the songwriter wrote, what a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. He may come back before 2020. But let's live 2020, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, looking for his appearing and the hope that he's going to bring. Thank you for